Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we jump into the show, we'd like to thank our launch partner, Canada Pet Food. I've been a loyal consumer of this brand since bringing my first baby home in 2002, Chuck, a super mutt. He was known for his ability to balance things on his head. I fed him Canada from the first week he was in my care until the day he passed last year. I'm thrilled Canada agreed to help bring this project to life. Try Canada with a special offer for our listeners at canadacom slash MRS podcast. When I asked for the separation, nowhere in my mind did I think at some point he is going to move across the country. That was not a possibility in my brain. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral, or MRS, MRS Podcast, or Mrs., which is pretty ironic given that neither one of us is married. Or I guess uh, one of us is divorced, and the other never got around to it in the first place. You missed a critical step there, John. Yeah, I did a few things out of order over the last 10 years or so. Minor things. I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And I'm John R. Bray. And we are your nurturing, supportive, parental hosts for today's Sunday School lesson. You can obviously listen to this podcast, but you can also follow us at manicramblings.com, or you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Manic Ramblings. So you should probably tell them what the hell they've gotten themselves into here with this thing. <laughs> yeah, that's probably best. And uh, I think the only way to summarize it is to say that Manic Rambling Spiral, or MRS, is a podcast about single parenting, but it's not a single parenting podcast. Uh, Rather, MRS is about living life, or having a life, a career, and a self in a setting that is constantly dictated by, built around, and completely sabotaged by our children. Oh my god, people are like... Does Deuce have a parenting podcast? <laughs> yeah, so so off brand for Deuce. Oh, why can't I just talk about Apple software? <laughs> Come on, don't. That's my value. That's my value here. That's next. That that's the next podcast. Right. Um, so John and I are both full time single parents, full time, which I think that makes me a a smilf. And you a stilf? No, that's that's not fair. You you can't even say stilf without like stuttering through it. Stilf, stilf, or stilf, which is like an infection of some kind, I'm sure. So, um, some of you may know who I am. Don't you know who I am? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But for those of you who don't know who I am, I'm a raving lunatic who lives in Salt Lake City, and I I was born and raised in the South, which may um, explain, um, it may, um, um. explain the, um, 
from time to time awkward southern accent, which will pop out if we're ever doing this when I'm really exhausted or am sipping bourbon, which I'm not doing right now, maybe. Um, I have two children. I have a daughter, Lita, who is going to turn 12. At the time of this recording, she will be 12 in two weeks. And um, I have a daughter named Marlo, who is six. And they fight constantly. And it's awful. And parenthood sucks. And uh, um, So how do you feel about it? <laughs> There's 15 years of written content about how I feel about it. Um, I have been um, the author and publisher of the world-renowned, the award-winning blog, uh, deuce.com, the very poorly edited blog for the last 15 years and have written some books and some articles and given some speeches. And um, But the most important thing is that Boy George follows me on Twitter. It's the crowning achievement of my career. That's at the top of of every resume, right? I mean, I mean, like I mean, Tyra Banks has Tyra Banks has sent me a direct message, but Boy George follows me. That trumps it. That trumps everything. Don't don't say Trump. I'm sorry. Don't don't use the word Trump. I'm sorry. Right in the first episode too. I know. <laughs> We're not going to get into politics. <laughs> we well, we may get into politics, but <laughs> so John, who is this dashing voice? On this podcast, who are you? Yeah, um, I think, like you said, most people probably know you, but I don't think most people are going to know me. So I'm not from the South, and I, I won't have that slight accent. But I, you do have a bit of a Midwestern accent. I don't know if you know this. Uh, yeah, but we try not to talk about that publicly. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. So I was born and raised in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Yes, Michigan has an Upper Peninsula, but I'm currently living outside of Chicago. So Midwest to Midwest. For the purposes of this podcast, my son's name is Lexton, and I'll get into that a little bit more next time. Uh, But he is 11, and he's just a couple months younger than Lita. He'll be 12 in March. Um, I'm a freelance writer, and basically that means that every couple weeks, somebody asks me if that's a real job and if I actually make money, which is always encouraging. The answer to both of those questions is yes, uh, but I won a bookmark design contest in the second grade, and I've been, oh, you did. I did. It was it was fantastic. the uh, The slogan was "Reach for the world and read." <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you remember that? I do. I still have the bookmark. Okay, it's red with with ink drawings, uh, and I still live off the royalties from that, which is great. So you're not one of the people who holds on to like the who holds on to high school fantasies. You're the one who they're like, I really did it well in elementary school. That's right. I, I peaked <laughs> in like third grade. It's just been downhill since then. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the nitty gritty and I'm rubbing my hands together, the nitty gritty. It's gonna get dark. Um, it's gonna get dark and it's gonna it's gonna wind and twist and you're gonna you're gonna get all the details of all the drama that you've been waiting for. Um People probably want to, they're wondering how you and I know each other. John, do you want to tell him? Because there's parts of the story that I can't talk about. Sure. It's kind of a, an odd, choppy story, um, but I think I can, I can get through it here pretty quick. So we've known each other for five or six years as a result of social media and your world-famous blog, Deuce.com. Uh, but it wasn't until 2000, 2012 that we met in Salt Lake City when I was traveling for work. 
and we shared some laughs over a couple glasses of Malbec. I learned. I think we should we should mention here that I it was the, like the day before my initial mediation, my divorce mediation. That's true. That, That's true. It was. Yeah. I think it was like dinner before the morning that you had to go to your first mediation. So it was a exactly. very interesting period for you. Um, yes. But but we had a good dinner and we shared some laughs over a couple glasses of wine and we stayed in touch. Then if you skip ahead about a about a year or so, uh, there was some silence from one of us for. I can explain that silence, <laughs> just, but I don't want to. <laughs> That's right. But, it, you know, it was a silence. We'll call it a comfortable silence, you know, so we can be nice here. Um, but then in late 2014, that silence ended and we got back in touch. And it just so happens that I had left my full-time job to freelance full-time. And you were retiring from Deuce.com. Okay, so that's we got to settle that. I did not retire. Stop. Everybody's got to stop using that that's word. That's what I heard everywhere. Mommy blogging, is, mommy blogging is not dead, okay? I've said it, and behold, it is true. <laughs> so you were just changing course a little bit, changing your focus uh, and there launching you know. a new site. And you needed a writer who could write about you in the third person because that's not fun for anyone. No, it's it's impossible. When you've been writing about yourself in the first person for 15 years and then you have to start calling yourself Heather, I mean, it, make, it makes you sound like a total douche. <laughs> <laughs> Heather was featured. No, 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 no. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I would hide under my desk when I tried to do it. Right. Right. So I stepped in and third person and you was easy for me. So it worked out. And it just so happened that right around that same time, you were finalizing your divorce. I think you had either just gone through the last mediation or something like that. And we were, we had to do another mediation. Okay. Yes. And at almost the same time, my entire life started falling apart, which we will also get to in the next episode. But and oddly now our lives kind of resemble like they're very, very, very similar now. Very similar. Yeah. You just started a little bit before I did. That's all. Yeah. Girl, girls peak before boys. That's true. But I peaked in the third grade. But... So, you know, <laughs> just need to put that out there. Um, but to summarize in one sentence, we met when your divorce was beginning. And then we re-met when my entire relationship was collapsing. Because life is weird like that, and that's just how these things go. And so we have this friendship where you and I can turn to each other when, I mean, the daily the daily routines with these kids when we're, when you're doing it by yourself is it's hard. And we have each other to turn to um, either via text or email or phone calls when you know Marlo decides to shove a cup up over the faucet in the bathtub <laughs> why why does oh, she yeah. do that i remember that text in all capital letters my kitchen is flooding from the ceiling <laughs> yeah that was it was light pouring out of a light fixture in my kitchen <laughs> and and then you can text me when it oh my gosh was it like zero degrees outside and your heat had gone out oh yeah for the third time my furnace quit working it's zero degrees outside my house is down to 50 and i'm trying to figure out what to do so it's not like you can turn my heat back on but it helps to be able to bounce that off of someone who can nod and go oh yeah i get it i feel you my kitchen flooded i think i think probably one of the biggest things that we can turn to each other for is like uh they're sick again right, right. <laughs> and what that does what that does to our entire lives our entire lives come to a screeching halt 
and all I have to d- type is sick. And we both are like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Sick or math homework. Sick or math homework. It's kind of at the same level, I think. Yes. <laughs> both scourges. Yes. Oh, yes. God, yes. So you should probably tell people why we decided to name this podcast Manic Rambling Spiral. Yeah. <laughs> why? Man, why the hell would you Where name your podcast from, Manic Rambling Spiral? Um, okay, so I I have taken criticism from a lot of people over the... A lot of people don't like Here me. Here and there. Just a few. Um, just a few. And uh, people will lob insults at me um via twitter or facebook or you know old school email and um like my twitter bio reads uh, i exploit my children for millions and millions of dollars on my mommy blog which is super true super true because you should see the toyota that i drive <laughs> the luxury toyota i gotta get the brakes fixed by the way Ugh. um so uh, I stepped away from, I stepped away, I did not retire. I stepped away from blogging last April and since then have had very little time to write stories and I really miss writing stories. And I found myself on a plane last fall with three hours and, you know, three hours I could write a post. And I had this epic story to tell about Marlowe's homework in first grade, which is its own episode. Oh, yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, the homework. And I knew as I was writing it that there were going to be some concerned people. Um, Thank you for your concern. I really appreciate you. Um, Who are going to say this is all over the place and you obviously aren't taking your meds and you need to go see a doctor. Because I was going on 1,700 different tangents. and um, But they're controlled tangents. Um, It's a very – it's the way that I write and I craft a story. It's – it's purposeful to go on that tangent. And I even said in like the third paragraph, I know some of you are going to be really concerned and are going to want me to see a doctor. And uh, the post, the response to the post was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're writing again. This is the best thing you've written in a long time. And then (laughs) there it was. Someone was like, this is really concerning. I mean, this is reading like an epic like a screed this is a manic rambling spiral you really need to go see a doctor promise us and it was like the fifth comment too i mean it was like right they were really eager to get that in there i'm a prophet i called it i call people need to listen to me i call it um and so i took a screenshot of that and, and wrote a tweet about it and somebody i follow a guy on twitter this comedian and he was like oh man i would love to listen to a podcast by you called a manic rambling spiral and I, and so i took that away you know in my brain for a bit and i thought you know our friendship john like when we when i was thinking about doing this with you it's like our days regardless of all of the routines that we have set in place and regardless of the scheduling and everything our days are out of control they are like they're a spiraling chaos constantly and no matter what we do no matter what we do, like we try to put fail safes in place, but those fail safes need another fail safe. Right. And if someone were to paint a picture of what our days look like, like they would call the painting, they would call it a manic rambling spiral. But <laughs> that being said, 
Um, if you came here to listen to a manic rambling spiral, I am sorry to disappoint you. You're going to have to wait until we feature Charlie Sheen. Which is going to be amazing. <laughs> He's got some insight, y'all. <laughs> On everything, really. Parenting Valuable and insight. life in general. Although if you do want to read um, a manic rambling spiral, you can have a... a, a <laughs> <laughs> You, you can head over to uh, deuce.com because apparently that site is littered with them, littered with a ton of of those types of things. Yeah, but so, like you mentioned, that's not going to be the focus of this show. We're going to stay very on topic and cover really significant things. Uh, but specifically, like the launch of every single minor software update that apple releases from now until forever probably and every episode will be six hours in length and we will get down right into the code (laughs) actually we probably won't there's other people that do that much better than we could but we there's there's probably like there may be one or two podcasts about that maybe one maybe one apple podcast maybe one like a brief one (laughs) 20 minutes here and there Uh, But what we're going to focus on are things like the pros and cons of various different custody arrangements, how to introduce new relationships into your life and your kid's life when you're a single parent, Uh, working at home with sick kids or working at home when kids are on summer break, which is in itself a challenge. Uh, But before we jump into the bloody, gory, everyday details of single parenting, I think it makes sense to give a little background about how the hell we ended up here not here on this podcast not why we're doing the podcast but how we became single parents what brought us to this point in our life Uh, and because you started down this path first heather i think that you should probably start most people like you said know you and know some of the story but i don't think they have all the details yeah there there are some (laughs) all of the details here we go here we go you guys here it is the nitty-gritty are you guys ready All right. Okay. So, so, um, no, I, you know what? We haven't even mentioned this. So I eloped with, um, my ex in, in 2002. My ex is named John and your ex is named Heather. Right. Which we haven't even mentioned that part yet. Beautifully confusing. Yes. So it's like the other Heather. Right. The other Heather or the other, well, it's, it's easier with, with your ex and me because I spell my name with an H and he does not. Right. And so I call you, um, I call you John with the H. Yes. John with an H. Yes. Yeah. That is how. And otherwise there's no way for me to distinguish. No. So texting can, can be colorful sometimes when I I misdirect I never (laughs) send mean texts to my ex. I would never send a mean text to you. (laughs) I don't either. That's true. So, I um I lived in 2002 and we were married um for almost 10 years. Um I separated um at the end of 2011 and um that was How long had you been together before you got married? We were together a, a little over a year and a half before we got married. Okay. And okay. you know, I had to make a decision leading up to the separation. I had to it was really really uh, weighty because um, I had been writing about my life and my relationship for, you know, that was the 
core part of my website. That was the core part of my success. And um, I mean, I was I was a, the mommy blogger. How could the mommy blogger possibly get divorced? That wasn't that wasn't supposed to be a part of the story. And I actually had to weigh like, I, well, I'm extraordinarily unhappy and this is, I, I can't be in this marriage any longer except that if I, if I do get out of this marriage for the sake of my mental health, mental and physical and emotional health, then I'm committing career suicide. Um, right. I had to take that into, into consideration and then knowing full well that when it became public that I was going to be getting a divorce that I was going to face some daunting public scrutiny. And that was um, a really, really, really dark period of my life, um, especially at the beginning of 2012, when people found out. Um, the Huffington Post covered it, the New York Times covered it, the local news covered it. Um, I saw talk about it all over Twitter. Um, there were forums created around it online to speculate as to what happened and to right. take sides and it was it was brutal for weeks for weeks and weeks and weeks it wasn't it didn't blow over in a few days oh no it was months it was months, months. of okay. this going on yeah and everybody wanted to know the, the the details which neither one of us wanted to go into because you know our children are going to read about those details and they don't even they don't ever need to know those details which is why we both mutually agreed that we weren't ever going to go into that online right which makes sense and it's not even even if children weren't a factor i don't think most people sit around and want to reveal every detail of a divorce you, you just don't i mean i know that people people wanted those details but who wants to sit around and actually discuss that well you know have you read facebook <laughs> I don't know Lots if you've ever do. seen Facebook, but but uh, I know some details about certain divorces that, wow, okay, I didn't know if I needed to know that. But um, yeah, we had to be really careful. And I think we've done a pretty good job about about that. Um, and, and very specifically for the sake of our kids. And, you know, it's just the right thing to do. Um, right. But it took... Divorces, you know, some divorces, you you know, you, they take a month or two, but ours was, ours was really complicated, and it took over eighteen months because um, there was a lot that had to be figured out. Um, but but even from the beginning of the of the separation, you know, we were on the same page about wanting to share custody of the kids. Like it was, it has, it was always fifty fifty. Like we were always going to work with each other so that he could see them 50% of the time and I would have them 50% of the time. Um, Which is awesome. Yeah, it was good. I mean, for me, like I, my parents divorced when I was 10 and they, my parents divorce was sort of the divorce that I really wanted to have, if that's even something to say. You were aspiring towards I was divorce. aspiring towards my parents' <laughs> divorce. <laughs> oh man. That's, I'm, that's odd, but it says a lot about your parents, honestly. I mean... It's it's a weird thing to say, but I get it. They were my my mom and my dad basically became best friends after the divorce. I mean, it was awful up until the divorce, but um, they were extraordinarily amicable, and um, so I I went into this thinking, okay, well, you know, the kids are going to be the the number one priority here, and so I, you know, we we have always shared custody from from the very beginning, and uh, and that was a part of you know, that was a part of what came out of the final divorce. And 
you know, that meant that I had at least like one break during the week. And then I would have like every other weekend I would get a break. So I was able to catch my breath, you know, here and there um, when he would take the kids and I would, you know, I would get to relax or I would get to sleep. Um, I would get to read a book or, you know, catch up on a television show. And it, 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 was, it was working as much as it, was, as it is hard to be away from my kids. Um, when they aren't in my house, it feels very weird. People tell me that it's going to get easier, but whenever I'm in my house without my kids, it's a it's a very strange sensation. It feels wrong. It's a weird kind of quiet, like a creepy quiet almost. Yes. It's a creepy, like uh, an aching, um, hurtful silence. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, so, <laughs> okay, so here it goes. Are you ready? <laughs> Let's just dive in. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> So I I found out, I figured out that um, he was dating someone who lives in New York. I found that out in March of 2013. And when I figured that out, I, I, <laughs> I knew, like the moment that I, I figured it out, like that, that moment I knew that he was going to move to New York. And so wait, though. So all of the so the custody was split down the middle, and that was working out reasonably well. It was it was working and, perfectly, yeah. Right, and then you found out the move was coming. So then you had to like refigure everything, essentially. Well, first of all, no one believed me. Like I I, would, I talked to my mom about it, and she's like, no, 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 that's that's not that's not ever gonna happen. And none of my friends, they were like, John is never gonna do that, and and. Uh, I talked to my dad about it, and <laughs> oh, my dad. My dad told me that um, very specifically he said he was not going to get on that boat and travel down that crazy river with me. <laughs> I'll never forget that quote. <laughs> and, I, and here you are in the boat with the paddle already in the river. You're like, oh, no. Like, oh, no, we're, we're going. Like, we're there. We are in the boat, Dad. The boat is going down the river whether you're going to get on it with me or not. Um, and wow. I knew it was going to happen. And so here, I had no idea what my rights were going to be, um, when he, when he was going to move. So what I did is I consulted three different lawyers. I did my, I did my research, um, because you as amicable as divorces are, they are excruciating and there's a lot that you learn. You're like, I wish I had known this and I wish I had known this because there's a lot of mistakes that you make. Because you've never been through it before, or maybe you have been through it before, like four times. I don't know, but this is my right. first divorce. <laughs> but even so, I think everything is so different, and it's all the things, right? You you wish you had known, but it's not like in, I don't know, two thousand eight. Like you know, in case I ever get a divorce, let me check into this. Right. Right. You don't think of them until you've already if, until you've already jumped. And there are so many possibilities. Like I had no when, when I got a divorce. Or when, when I asked for the separation, nowhere in my mind did I think at some point he is going to move across the country. That was not a possibility in my brain. And I needed to know what my rights were. So I three different lawyers. I even consulted a guardian ad litem, which is a, it's somebody the court appoints to um, investigate, you know, custody situations and what's in the best interest in what's in the best interest of kids 
and I went and I sat down and talked to this woman and she pointed me in the direction of what's called Title 30, Chapter 3, Section 37 in the Utah Code. Um, so, but you're, you're doing all of this and meeting with these, these lawyers and the Guardian to find out, I mean, what specifically, just what your options are or to find out how to keep your girls living at home with you or what was the goal? Yeah, that was the goal. That was, I was like, so, you know, my job is super flexible. Is he going to try to make the case that because I have a flexible job that he should be able, we should all have to move to New York? Is that, is that a pot? Like, could he possibly say that? Like, I didn't know. I just had no right. idea. And I wanted to know specifically because I didn't want, I don't, my kids aren't going to want to move. I don't want to move. Um, what, what are my, what are my rights in terms of making sure that I retain at least my portion of the custody of the kids. And so the guardian ad litem, while, you know, she gave me peace of mind sort of, but this, this, this section of the Utah code, um, basically says that the person who's relocating has to give the other person 60 days written notice. Um, and then you have to split all of the holidays. Like the relocating parent gets certain holidays in years that end in odd numbers and other holidays that end in even numbers. And then oh and then in the summer, he gets six weeks. I mean, that's six weeks without my kids. And that's when straight? I... Straight? Well, like six weeks straight so is how that would normally work? Normally it would be, yeah. And normally it would be six weeks wow. straight. And I remember when I was sitting there and she told me that, like, I completely broke down crying. And, like, she reached over and she, you know, touched my arm and she's like, this is really tough. I'm sorry, but you really need to understand that this is legally he has the right to those six weeks. Um, That's an incredibly long stretch it, straight. It is. It is. And my, you know, especially given that Marlo at the time was five. And that's, you know, six weeks away from my five-year-old. I mean, it's it's really devastating. But... I mean, long story short there, I made I made sure eventually that six weeks would be split up so that, it, you know, they would only go three weeks at a time without seeing me. Which is good. That's still a long time when they're there yeah, basically it's, every day. It's, it's as, as much as I can get done um, with, you know, when I don't have, you know, their routines to, to think of last summer when they were gone there i i was listless i was uh, directionless it was like without having them here it, it's extraordinarily difficult for me it's it's strange because my life is so focused around them that not having them here um there's an emptiness that consumes me <laughs> well no i mean you it's like when they're there all you can think about is how productive you would be if if they weren't there, like how much you could get done and you wouldn't have to work your schedule around theirs. But the second that that exists, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Right. At all. Yeah, I, I get that. And, and again, people have said to me, you're just going to love the, the time that you have to yourself when they're gone and you're going to explore yourself. And, and I get that. And I'm sure that many people experience that. But again, for me, when my kids are not in my home and they're not in their bedrooms, um, it, there is there's a hole there is a hole in my life and there's nothing that can fill it right so it's almost better to not be home yeah it's almost better to just be gone um and and working someplace else because i'm not here realizing that their beds are empty 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Again, nobody believed that he was going to move. And during... So as the months went along, people were like, see, he's not moving. And I was like, wait for it. Just wait for it. Yeah, you it's guys, coming. it's coming. He's going to move. And um, he he told me in June, late June of 2014, that he was going to move to New York. <laughs> wow. Oh, I'm laughing about it now. Um, and when it... Was, this, was it written notice? N- no, no. Okay. Um. I actually, I think he, yeah, he told me that he was moving to New York. Let's just, let's just put it that way. And Leave it at that. my entire support system was like, what? <laughs> right. And I had a very, very, very hard time not going, I told you so, y'all. Um, do you not listen to me? Like, I told you this was going to happen, but I, I. Right, like, you can't be that surprised. Right. But my entire support system was like, like all of them, it was, it was like they all lost the color in their faces because it's not just affecting me and my kids. It's affecting all of those who help me um, with me and my kids. That was going to change their lives, too, because they're so involved with my kids. And, right. um, and it changes their involvement. And then this sort of sends you back to square one. Yeah. It sent me like like I, I, I my lawyer was like, OK, listen, there are certain things in your decree that have to change because he's leaving like in a lot of um, divorces, <clears throat> parents get what's called the first right of refusal, meaning um, if I'm going to be gone for four hours one night, the other parent can say, well, then I want the kids because instead of hiring a babysitter, they'd be better off you know, with me. So right. That's written into a lot of um, divorce agreements. And so that would need to change since he would be you know, living in New York and then the, you know, child support and health care premiums would, you know, certain things have to change in the divorce agreement um, and they need to be filed with the court. And it's something just that, logistic things, right? Just the logistics, just just to protect myself and to protect those who are a part of my support system. And okay. so, like, I had to file paperwork to protect myself um, with those three things in mind. And most specifically, you know, when a parent moves in I'm given, you know, the the majority, I am now the primary physical custodian of my kids. And so the other parent has to pay child support. That's just how it works with with divorce in this country. It's, it's a right. basic When the custody is no longer 50-50. Yeah. That's, yeah. And so um, 
my life turned upside down when he moved to New York in September of 2014. Understandably. Everything, right? Your your personal life, your parental life, your work life. Yeah, so... Everything. Everything changed. Um, you know, it's... I... <laughs> My 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 job requires that I travel a lot, and and people think that I have this secret nanny stashed away that I don't talk about. You you don't. <laughs> but you had like one one stashed away, and then a backup, and then you know. It's like I have a staff. I have a staff of nannies that uh, I keep. I keep several of them in a closet, and they just sort of take turns taking care of my kids. You know, while I sit around in my pajamas, you know, flipping through Facebook. Um, I knew that's what you did all day. I've always known it. I've never said it, but I've always known it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give away the secret. Um, I, you know, I have a I have a babysitter who picks up my kids um, from school and is here until 530 and so that I can get a full work day in. And that's it. That's that's the entirety of the nannying that goes on. Um, and then it's me. And then it's me every night. It's me every weekend. It's me every morning. It's, you know, I take... I do all of the piano. I take them to piano. I take them to gymnastics. I take them to, to therapy. I all the doctor's appointments, all of the school performances. Like it's me, you know that it's me. Um, every everything night, is on you. Yeah, every nighttime routine, every morning routine. When they get sick, it's me. And um, you know, I'm, I'm really lucky to have my mom here. But my mom, you know, lives 45 minutes south and can only help so much. Right. I mean, at least she's close, but she's not that close. Right. And she, like, when my, and, and she's got her own life, too. You know, she can't, dedi- like, when Marlo was sick so much last year, she missed, like, 17 days of school. And every single one of those days, I had to stop working so that I could take care of her. And that's, it's a huge, it's a huge deficit in my ability to get work done. Yeah. And you can't, you can't prioritize anything because everything has the same level of importance. Everything has the same level I mean, of importance. I mean, your kids, your kids come first, but you have you have your kids, and then you've got all these work deadlines that and and contracts and obligations, and those have to get done. Oh yeah, and how many times? There's no, there's no sick days, yeah. right? I mean, there are. Yeah, how many times I have have said to a, a client. I'm so sorry. Like I have a sick kid and if you can give me just a couple more hours. Like I have said that so many times and it and I you know, it's it's the truth. It's probably unprofessional to say that, but it's like I please, you know, I I I'm doing my best to get this done while my my child who <laughs> Marlo is not a fun sick kid. I'm not sure, you <laughs> I don't know, think a fun sick kid exists. I some people honestly. are like, "Oh, you know, you know while they're sick, just have them sleep over there and you can get your work done." No, no, no. Marlo like becomes an octopus and <laughs> she she grows tendrils and tentacles and she's like on top of me and she's moaning and writhing and it's like okay i'll just set my laptop down and not do any work okay um but yeah there's no there's no tag teaming like when when they get up in the middle of the night it's me and then you know if 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 they get up at four and don't go back to sleep it's like i don't go back to sleep either it's just the that's just the reality of it um i actually remember um, they had slept over at a friend's house and I went to pick him up and, and, uh, the father was like, well, so what are you going to do tonight? And I was like, I, I'm going to go to bed. Cause he's like, why? And I said, <laughs> I said, because 
Marlo's been waking up at 4.30 for the past week. And he's like, well, what? And he goes, oh, oh, man, that's right. You don't have anybody there that you can tag team with. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like I can't, I, I don't get to roll over in bed and nudge a person and say, can you go get her this time, you know? Right. And, and because I'll, you do take it for granted. Taking it for granted is a weird way to put it, but you kind of do. You don't realize how nice it is to give that nudge and have an extra 15 minutes. Right. right. To not have to get out of bed and get cold or whatever. Or just to go back to sleep. Right. Just to go back to sleep. Oh, my God. The luxury of being able to go back to sleep. But you can get so much done at 4.30 in the morning, Heather. <laughs> not when you're a kid. So... <laughs> no. no. Like, I'm trying to get her to go back to sleep, and she's just writhing around, and it's like, just, ah, misery. I'm thankful for you. I love you, child, but just go the hell to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, that, exactly. But, you know, this is the thing, though, is that, you know, even though, like, I have no tag team, I mean, I have my babysitter and I have my mom, and I'm so lucky. Like, I, I look at my situation, and as complicated and hard, and this is so much work. I mean, I never thought in my, I never thought growing up that I was going to be 40 years old and be a single parent to two kids. I never in a million years thought that this was going to be my life. And here I am. And as hard as it is, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. As hard as it is. And I, I'm so lucky. Like, I know that I have it a lot easier than like a full-time mom whose partner is stationed, you know, in Afghanistan for over a year. And I'm, you know, I know I have it so much easier than a full-time parent who's working three jobs outside of the home. I'm really lucky to be able to pick up my kid when she's sick at school and to stay at home with her. Like I'm I'm right. I'm super but, privileged that way. I I completely recognize that. Right. I mean, you have to acknowledge it, right? Because you know that you're lucky, you know that you're privileged to be able to do those things, but but luck doesn't make it any easier. And I think sometimes people get so caught up comparing your situation to my situation and my situation to someone else's situation and then weighing the difficulty and saying, well, Heather, you have no right to complain because here's five people who have it worse. But all you can really know is your own unique situation. You can, you can respect that other people struggle too, but you can't, you can't pretend to know what it's like to have your partner overseas deployed for six months because that's not your situation. Right. But it also doesn't mean that your situation should be disregarded or is easy. Right. Right. And and I don't think like uh, it's not complaining. What it is for me is a lot of frustration that I am still working through because what this means being a full time single parent, what it has done, it has compressed time. Um, time is my most precious commodity. Um, and really what it has done, it has brought into stark contrast, the most important things in life. Like there is no time to indulge in that which is not going to, you know, raise my children in a healthy way. And the restriction and the limitation, the restrictions and the limitations that I have on my time are so, again, stark. And so my life has been reduced to minute by minute by minute by minute of scheduling. And right. My well, compressing time is a that's a really good way to put it. Right? I mean, like I I think I get really frustrated because you know, I can't go I'm sorry I can't go get coffee with you and I'm sorry I can't stand here at the school chatting with you and I'm I don't I can't go get lunch with you. Like I don't take a lunch break 
I don't take coffee breaks. Like I don't have time to go do those things because I have to go get my, I have to go finish working and then I have to go take care of my kids. And this 10 minutes that I'm spending here, I want to, I want to stand here and chat with you at school about everything that's going on, but that's 10 minutes that I have lost and who knows what else I'm going to lose during the day because of some other catastrophe that's happened. And so that's another 10 minutes that I can't work, that I can't earn money to support my family. And that has what there is a kind it's it kind of feels like a it's it's a it's a race <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm on this um hamster wheel that gets faster and faster and faster and faster the more you know my kids wanted to do gymnastics and so that's another night out of my week that I can't sit down and focus on anything else other than dry three hours out of my night to go do gymnastics right and it's kind of a mental game Right. Because even if there is no gymnastics, if you have, quote unquote, an open night or no meetings on your calendar during the day, all you can think about is, great, I have time. Now, what can I fit into this block? Because I have three hours that are free and I have 26 hours worth of things to do. Exactly. Right. So you can't ever get past that hurdle. Right. (laughs) Things just keep piling up. You can never, I never catch up. I I mean, I know a lot of people who live this way, but like. But I, I hadn't lived this way ever before. This is not like I, I'm, I'm a type A personality who was valedictorian in high school, blah, blah, blah. I graduated with, you know, the honors in, in college. I, I prided myself on always catching up on what I, I, I can't catch up now <laughs> ever. I am always behind on everything. And it's I think at some point maybe I'll catch up. Maybe that will happen. I'm hopeful. That's kind of like saying it can't get any worse. So you might as well just throw your arms up and be like, nope, not catching up. Shouldn't have said that. Not even going to try. I'm just walking in the other direction now. Right. And so another part of it is that I travel so much with my job and the like my mom can help out on the weekends. um, And it's a lot of work for her because these are two, you know, active kids and she's, you know, she's 60 years old and she battled breast cancer last year. And there's only so much that I want to, you know, that that I want to like burden her with. And so like during the week, if I'm gone, I have to hire somebody to watch my kids and it's really expensive. And so I now have to weigh going and earning money with how much it's going to cost me to leave to go earn that money. And, you know, it's just every single decision now is completely affected by the fact that, that he moved across the country. It just, it is, it, it completely turned my life and my kid's life upside down. Because that 50-50 split is no longer there. No. So it is all on you. It's all on me. It's it's all on me. Yeah. And, you know, I accept the, I, I fully accept the responsibility. My kids are the most important thing in my lives. In my li- my lives. I'm in a cat. I am a cat. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am a cat. Maybe that's what has happened. <laughs> is that, oh, God. Um, no, I... They are the most important thing to me, and and uh, I I'll do anything for those for those girls, and um, here I am doing it. You know, and that's that's another thing. Is I I remember, you know, years ago, like he had gone on a trip with his friends, and this was just when I had just one kid. He had gone on a trip with his friends for five days, and I was just me and Lita, and I remember thinking. Oh my God! Single parents? How did they, there? No way I'd be able ever be able to do this. Like I bow down to you. I just would never. 
in um well (laughs) (laughs) guess what I, and now I have two. I have I have two, and I'm doing it. And yeah, again, I think there's a discipline that comes with it that I um, that I kind of like. Um, I like the fact that I have systems and routines and dynamics in place that make things work, and it's working, and we're thriving. And you know, I, again, I'm really lucky. Right, and when you when you look at it from the outside, or you know when you know, years ago when it was just you and one kid and how do people do this all the time? You, there's nothing that you can ever do to say, I'm ready to single parent. I'm ready. I got this because you, you can't imagine, you can't imagine how difficult it is. And like you said, I don't, I wouldn't ever change it. I would give anything for my son. I don't regret it. I'm not complaining, but it is such a challenge. It's such a challenge. And I think I would put it this way. Like, so there I was knowing that he was going to move. I, my intuition told me that it was going to happen. And so I had all of those months to prepare in my brain for, okay, so this is going to happen and my life is going to look like that. Okay. So it was almost like someone had said to me, you're about to enter a, a really, really complicated maze. Okay. And, you know, this is what mazes are. And this is how you have to try to figure out mazes. <laughs> And then you walk me up to the front of the maze and then it's like, go. And as much as I am prepared and I know about mazes and I people have told me how to navigate mazes, it's still a maze. Right. And I have no idea, you know, you still have to go in and figure it out. And there's no way to possibly know your way through it until you're right inside of it. And you're like, um, I am now stuck in a corner and I don't know how to get out. Right. That's... a perfect analogy because you know everything that has to happen you know how to care for your kids you know it all but it it doesn't simplify anything no it would be the same if if we both walked into it completely blind and had to figure everything out from square one right it doesn't prepare you for you know the days where like catastrophe after catastrophe after catastrophe happens and you get to the end of the day and you think i didn't get any work done and now i'm behind on four projects and okay well uh, you know, you got to get up and do it again the next day. Um, it's just what it is. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you wouldn't change it. I wouldn't change it, no. But that doesn't make it easy. No, it's it's really hard. <laughs> yeah. You're still in the maze, still in the corner. Yeah. Lots of directions to go, and you never know what's going to be at the end of any one of those mm-hmm. halls or tunnels. You know, I was sitting, um, I was I was on a, a trip with a, a lot of um, influential and entrepreneurial and um, very successful business women, and um, we were all sitting in this van traveling through Africa, and um, as we were sitting there talking about our various endeavors, I looked around and I realized that I was the, was the only one there who not only was I the only one who was divorced, I was also the only one who didn't have like full time, you know, childcare. And, um, and it was like, this really does impede my ability to, um, expand and, um, try different things because I am so confined by the responsibility that I owe to my children um, and, uh, it's just a reality that I am now trying to, um, 
Like I'm trying to figure out how to overcome that obstacle so that I can expand opportunities and ideas. So, Right. And it's just how do you expand those opportunities and ideas without putting your girls second? Right. Right. And that's that's where that compression of time comes from. Right. Like some something has to drop. There has to be a ball that drops. And then you're still juggling 400 of them, but something something has to. Oh, I drop balls all the time now. <laughs> I love not... I love saying that. I drop balls all the time. <laughs> and I never dropped balls before. That's the thing. Is that like you kind of like I'm glad I did all this like spiritual work on myself in the last year and a half where it's <laughs> Because I would be so So you can drop balls. So I can drop balls. I would I would be furious with myself for like letting something, you know, slip or missing a deadline or having to apologize to somebody for, you know, you know, not including a specific hashtag and something. And and this happens all the time now because it's like trying to keep everything there's a mathematical equation to this, right? And you got to keep the numbers straight in order to get the, you know, to get the right answer. And oftentimes I, you know, I miss, I miss, I miss it. I I get the equation wrong. Because there's just so many other things going on. There's there's no way to do it. Sometimes it almost feels like there's no, there's no right way to approach the equation. Right. Well, you're figuring out how to approach that you're writing the equation yourself right <laughs> right and you don't even really know what the answer needs to be but you're kind of just filling right. in blanks <laughs> which is gris sorry kids hope you hope you turn out okay mom's over so, here so far, mom's over here right. doing some math go go fix yourself a frozen burrito <laughs> <There it goes>. <laughs> <laughs> And so there it is. (laughs) There it all is. There's the nitty gritty that I'm willing to share. And I've put it out into the world for you all to deliberately misinterpret. Please go forth and do so. And I think it's pretty important just to set the stage about how I got here in terms of the madness that ensues. It just does. It's just the fact of this, of living like this and doing it alone. Um, on our next episode, we will hear how John ended up in his situation, which is is pretty much an operatic disaster. <laughs> Sorry, John, <laughs> but it is. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Thank you.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 